0: Okay, guys, welcome back to the BJJ 101 Story and Podcast. Um, Today we have, again, another awesome guest of Sam Capewell. So Sam's a student here um, at Gaha presenting Jiu-Jitsu. And we always like, Sam, we always start with like a fairly generic question I was talking to you before we started, like, just talk about like your upbringing a little bit, like the origins of yourself, like whatever you did as a kid, like if you did any other athletics or... Sports and stuff like that, and what you do for work and that type of thing, and yep. you just introduce yourself a little bit.
1: So, um, grew up in Southwest Queensland, okay. uh, out in a small country town called Charleville. Okay. Uh, only about three and a half thousand people there, but uh, one of four boys. Um, you know, grew up on a property, plenty of room. Sport mad. Um, anything that was available, we basically played um, from footy, soccer, AFL. You know, anything that was on, we were into. Mm. Um, went away to boarding school at the age of 15, yeah. into Ipswich Grammar. Okay. Um, did two years there, um, dabbled in rugby union yeah. and that sort of thing. That was my first ever exposure to grappling. Um, we had a judo coach come in to train, do some sort of okay. throws and stuff, just rugby-wise, um, and just work on some grappling techniques, stuff there, which... Um, it was interesting, it opened my mind up I'd never done any tackle tech or anything before that
0: no.
1: um, but yeah, after school, played a lot of footy um, around Toowoomba area um, and then made it down to Ipswich um, was at the Jets for a year there uh, again, lots of grappling there yeah. as well, we had um, Bumper O'Farrell uh, Brett O'Farrell yeah. the um, Tackle Tech Australia I think his business is yeah. He came in and actually did a bit. I know he does jiu jitsu and has done for a while, and yeah. that was another little introduction to the grappling and stuff. Um, basically, finished up that after that year yeah. in uh, in footy. After that, had a go at the uh, American football. Okay, yeah, but yeah. yeah. So just good. around here in Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I only played a season, uh, very sporadically. Yeah. Got a bit tough with the strict training times and the strict game times um i had a kid at the time and working my own business as well which was sort of pulling me in two different directions but um yeah did a year there and then finally uh came in and gave jiu-jitsu a go basically there's a lot of like i was just like
2: there's a lot of uh questions that can be made out of what you said like uh for example when you did, did you do um, American football still exists here in Australia? Sure. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Right it's still it's not as popular as rugby league or rugby union or no. anything like that but it's still yeah it still happens here it's common-ish I guess
1: yeah there, there's yeah. quite a little competition that yeah. goes on in Brisbane um, I, I couldn't tell you how popular or anything like mm. that but yeah no there's definitely like a, I know there's definitely some players that are getting picked up for the college system in, a, in the US yeah, yeah. from our competition here in Brisbane. Yeah.
0: There was a guy that didn't make the NRL recently that had like a $150 million contract. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he was an
1: under-20s player from yeah. the South yeah. and now he plays for Philadelphia, yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. he's yeah. a giant. Giant
0: guy, 160 <laughs> kilograms, like a huge, massive yeah. dude. Yeah. So, um, so you both played the same rugby, right? Uh, yeah. So when he, so how old were you when you went to, um, IGS Ipswich oh, so Grammar I was 15. School, fifteen, yeah. yeah. So I went, I went a little bit older. Did you like? Did your parents send you there? Did you like get some type of bursary yeah. for rugby and stuff? Or yeah,
1: so we were, um, because we we're regional as well. Yeah. So that you get your um, scholarship for regional and yeah, then, yeah sporting
0: scholarship as awesome, well. Awesome, yeah. Yeah. So I I have pretty much the same experience except I'm more of a rival school. I went to Toowoomba Grammar. Yeah. For exactly the yeah. same type of thing, played rugby union, all that type of thing. But well, that's super interesting. So from fifteen. Um, and you were there for for two years. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So you're eleven and twelve. You're at yeah, IGS. Exactly. Yeah. All right, cool. yeah. Cool. Did your brothers go there as well? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So
1: all four of us had been there. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm the third, yeah. and then I had one after me as well.
0: And they all played rugby union yeah. there as well. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The, like most of the GPS schools, which is the the group of schools that this the IGS is involved in, has a very very strong history of, like, producing some of the best rugby players in the nation. Whether they go into the NRL or they go and play for the Wallabies or Super Rugby Clubs, there's many, many, many guys that are getting picked up from regional towns, like you're saying, from even guys coming from Fiji and all sorts of places that are, like, they go into pretty much, like, a professional... um, Kind of regime for for rugby or athletics or weightlifting and everything, and it's, it's pretty serious because there's a lot of money involved. There's a lot of people that donate money, the, the people that are involved in the schools and stuff like that. it's a huge um, kind of industry type thing for the school where they get more funding if they win the competition yeah. and stuff like that. So it's a massive.
2: Are these group thing. of schools like in small towns? Normally, no, no.
0: So they're they're all closer to um, Brisbane. There's a few that are like more regional, like Toowoomba and Ipswich Grammar and stuff like that, but most of them are all in Brisbane. And I don't know when, like how they were included in that, but there's nine main schools that mm-hmm. that are in the competition, and they've just always competed against each other. There were these private institutions or, and like very prestigious schools that um, you know they pride themselves on the rugby and and how how well they do and what type of calibre. Individual they produce, they're all, um, they're all pretty. Most of them are all boys' schools. Not all of them. Like I think BGS no, is some mixed, yeah. and a BSHS and stuff. There's yeah. a few mixed, but most of them are all boys' schools. Most of them, not all of them, and most of them also have a very big, um, like industry of boarding where people send their kids from all over Australia and they stay and live at the school mm-hmm. and then they learn and everything mm-hmm. there, yeah. so are they so for example are they focused uh, are they
2: focused on rugby only like on scholarships uh,
0: not, not only but it's a major part of the, of the schools like there, there's like it's just a high level institution for producing you know people that are going to do well in, in life in the world it's a network of Like you know, doctors and lawyers and all these people that have come from this school, and I think the prestige of the school—it's—it's kind of like going to Harvard University or UQ in in Australia or Sydney University. They just have a history of producing high quality people in whatever field they're doing. You know what I mean? But for example, there will be groups of uh, schools that will be
2: more focused on soccer, for example
0: scholarships and all that? Yeah, probably, probably, there are, there are some like that, like, the, the problem is, is there's lots of different sports that people excel in, that they give bursaries and sponsorships and, and scholarships to, like, there's a lot of very, very high level cricket athletes, there's a lot of very, very high level, um, athletic athletes, that like guys that are, for example, that one of the kids that I went to school with, is, it was named Matt Denny, and he competed at the Tokyo Olympics and did not do bad, like, they're, they're giving out money for people in lots of different areas some people academics some people are great musicians some people are whatever what they do is they just look for individuals or kids that are excelling in whatever they're doing and they mm-hmm. say alright come to our school because <clears throat> it makes our school look good it elevates the, the prestige of the school yep. and, and it I got more I got money
2: in, in, in university yeah yeah
0: intellectual believe it or
2: not <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I pretended well might have done well
0: uh, it, was yeah. a, it was intellectual acting which one
2: <laughs> no it was
1: both
0: combination both. <laughs> right? but you have to keep the the level for your, of your, your grade, scores
1: yeah, yeah that was stuff yeah, to maintain
0: yeah. e- even with a lot of athlete stuff they have that kind of agreement mm-hmm. where you have to maintain this grade average if you fail anything you know you can't compete in the sport so you need to keep it. like they have agreements and it's pretty good for most People, a lot of people that don't have the opportunity to go and um, access certain uh, level of education and uh, um, you know access a certain level of sport or coaching and stuff. It's a great opportunity for them. For me, it was an awesome experience to go there and be put into like pretty much a professional training setting as a as a kid. You know what I mean? And you start to recognise, oh wow, this is actually an opportunity. I could go and do this for real. You know, maybe play play professionally if I do well, if I work hard, whatever. So it's just a good opportunity for everyone, whether whether it's at university and you get a degree out of it, whether it's going there and being exposed to you know high level of education and training, it's awesome. This perspective uh, of being
2: boarding school as well, where they, yeah. the person is focused because a lot of very famous soccer players at the time that I saw they talking about in Brazil that that the fact that they have to they live super far away from the facilities and they have to train twice and sometimes they cannot afford even to go yeah. back. It's too hard and keep studying, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah i think the boarding actually facilitates that uh, focus on narrowing into like a sport for example
1: yeah 100% and taking a like at the age of 15 16 especially i think taking someone out of the the home setting home setting yeah. And, yeah. and giving them more responsibility you know you're responsible for your uniform you're responsible for your your boarding room you're responsible for you know your scheduling and everything yeah. like that just develops you as a in adult yeah, yeah 100% 100%. Yeah, we, we, into we, man, really. we, 100% I
0: agree like good we've point, talked yeah. about this a lot and like whether it's other guys that have become um, you know you know, or had a history of being a good athlete or that have become black belts and stuff in jiu-jitsu they always had like some history of playing sport responsibility early in life accountability early in life and all this stuff and it's just like the building blocks of creating a great individual, you know what I mean? 100%. And I think like a lot of the time boarding school can help with that a lot because you're forced to be your own person. Your mum's not here, you don't go and ask your mum, oh can I do this, can I do that? You have to go by the rules, you have to go and brush your teeth when they tell you to, you have to mm. go and do this and this and that and you have to fit into the setting but you also got to make your own decisions and oh you know these guys are doing the wrong thing, should I do that? Maybe not, maybe I should I don't know, you, you got to figure that out and it just puts you in a position where you actually exposed to decision making and, um, like you're saying, like independence early on in yeah. life rather than.
1: And especially coming yeah. from a town of three and a half thousand people in southwest yeah. Queens, and like, I was I wasn't exposed to a whole lot of different cultures or anything yeah, like that. So 100%. coming away to a boarding school, you've got people, you know, we had uh, Chinese boarders, we had you know people from Weeper, yeah. we had people from all different walks yeah, and exactly. you know all just in one you know, big mixing pot there's a hundred yeah, different yeah. students and you're all yeah all how big shares. was the boarding house there's a hundred yeah so there's two boarding houses there yeah. with about a hundred boarders at yeah. any one time but you know you're all in the same dining yeah. hall you're all doing activities Talk, yeah, and together, events and yeah. stuff together and yeah so just as a, as a developmental thing as, a, as an individual it's just huge
0: yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree man I think it's, it helps a lot to develop people and just kind of like again introduce them to some type of independence Toowoomba is pretty much exactly the same. Um, I think it's a little bigger because it's a little more rural further yeah. out. So there's even more people calling this. I think they had like 300 plus borders. Yeah. So wow. you can imagine like every day they're eating breakfast lunch and dinner. It. Not our not, foods. Man, this is, this is one of the it things, like, for like, like, my mom would talk about this, like, I always had, like, a fairly big appetite, and she was like, oh, I'm worried about, you know, eat. man, I ate so much food there, and it wasn't always that great, but you just, <laughs> the just eat, there's lots of it, and you eat what you, you get can. get used to it, yeah. yeah you, you do get used yeah. to it, but, you know, there was times where it's like, oh, here's, you're going to have salad sandwiches, I'm like, man, what the hell is this, <laughs> man, I'm going to eat this, man. <laughs> But you have to, you have to survive and eat what there is. And then other times there's steaks and whatever and desserts and caramel tarts and everything. So like, it's an interesting thing, but going back to like the culture thing, you said, man, I wouldn't say that I'm like super ethnic or whatever, but man, even me going there, like it was just a lot of Anglo, because this is even more rural and they're all farmers and stuff like that, particularly in the boarding school, there wasn't that many different cultures. So even me that, man, I'm, fairly australian like I, I was brought up here and born here like i have some background from another culture but like they're like oh man you're lebanese and all this stuff i'm like what man i'm not lebanese at all <laughs> what are you guys talking about but they had just had no like they've even been exposed to people of a different culture it was so interesting and weird for me now i think the good thing for me is because i was already like a big individual i didn't receive any like bad treatment or anything like that just because it was like a bit worrying for them so I was a big dude, like I was already like probably 90 kilos when I was 16, 17 and these kids are like, you know, 70 kilos, 65 kilos, so they're just a bit like, holy shit, this guy's a massive <laughs> Um Yeah, it was, just a, it was just a funny, interesting experience, but man, I value that a lot, it was super, super cool, man. Yeah, man. Um, I was thinking, um, so... People what's the name of
2: your
1: brother that's uh play rugby professionally, Sam? Uh, my little brother's Kurt Capewell, yeah. He's with the Penrith Panthers this year, heading mm-hmm. to the Broncos next year. So coming home.
2: Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Coming back to awesome. Queensland. So that means you're gonna bring him for having some fun here with us, eh? some <laughs> tackles, <laughs> He's huh? too athletic for me.
1: Is yeah. He? <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, no, he's a super athletic guy. But yeah, I'm sure like he'd he'd love to come and have a Oh that'd
2: be great, yeah, yeah. that would be great. Actually, um <laughs> There's one, uh, one uh, student that trains at Garra as well, that he's a uh, brother of Paul Gallen. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 it would be good to, you know, like one day bring him and have fun, you know. Yeah, there, there,
0: there's, there's always been like a heap of rugby guys that have been involved, you know, with jiu-jitsu and, and yes. grappling. Like, that, that's the main reason I got involved when I first started. Like, I remember watching the UFC and stuff and, you know, thinking it was cool and everything, but I did it as like an off-season thing when I was like 14 or 15 yeah, in right. Adelaide. I want to do something else. So I would go on, I would go on wrestling, do jiu-jitsu and stuff. And man, I think it's such a complimentary thing, particularly for rugby, just because of the nature of what it is. And it's so good for teaching you like self-awareness and your own balance and where your body is and how you move and stuff. And also how to manipulate other people. Like you were kind of introduced to judo and stuff for the same type of reason for, from a standing position. I think it is so beneficial. Like, Particularly in like the contact zone of mm-hmm. of of rugby, like like you're saying, you're learning anatomy, you're learning how to manipulate limbs and joints and people's balance, <clears throat> and you're understanding how to remove their balance or you know j- j- just control another human being in an effective way that's not based on strength or power, which mm-hmm. we normally do. Especially yeah. playing footy, you know, even for me, yeah. it's 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 a sport based on athleticism and power.
1: Yeah,
0: and. the the skills are a lot lot of the time secondary depending on your position yeah certain positions are more based on skill other positions are more based on strength and power Mm and um i think you can really um improve your effectiveness or your like your effectiveness on the game when when you're playing high level stuff especially by understanding just little ideas and concepts and maneuvers and things like that yeah
1: absolutely right um I was a front rower, Yeah, ninety five kilo, like yeah. not a big guy. Yeah, for that position. Um, and my defence was my strong point. Yeah, yeah. Which I think it all comes back to technique. I really lent into the tackle tech stuff that I'd, I'd got to learn. Yeah. Um, and really enjoyed the the mental side of it. You know, yeah. like knowing the knowledge and the actual, you know, breaking it down and that sort of thing, rather than just running in and trying to be Smash stronger, people, and bigger yeah. than everyone. Yeah. I didn't have that luxury, so so it was definitely a technique <laughs> yeah. thing for me. Um, and I mean, there's not an NRL team today that doesn't have a yeah. grappling coach, whether yeah. it's jiu-jitsu or judo yeah. or Some, you know, yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, that that you know come in every preseason and run through tackle tech and everything. With I
2: them, so. I am actually surprised. I mean, <laughs> I've done one season with the Broncos, and uh, I from day one I told them, look. I can help you a little bit with grappling, but I don't know nothing about rugby. So they showed me a few things, but uh, I don't think it was the like the best thing they could possibly get because I didn't know the rules. I didn't understand yeah. the sport. Yeah. So it's, it's, it was pretty, um, but I don't want this. what I, what my point is I don't understand why people, because for me, this is, oh my God, why are they not doing this? They don't get Anton to do this job, man. <laughs> Like, I, I'm, sometimes I feel like knocking at, go at Broncos door, <laughs> knocking, go, man, look at this guy, man, you know what I mean? This guy's a world yeah. medalist in this, like in Jiu-Jitsu, man. Like in the guy then rugby, you know what I mean? Like, just, yeah. man, let the guy go we here one day. We
1: actually chatted about it before. Yeah. It I don't yeah, understand, yeah,
2: I understand, but I cannot conceive that no one is saying, guys, please. Right? the way subscribe yeah, just... yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I think it's interesting like because like he's saying a lot of the guys that are implementing their grappling teaching and stuff into um you know rugby wrestling or whatever you want to call it like some of them don't have any background in, in rugby at all you know what I mean some of them are just judo guys yeah. some of them are just yeah. this this and That's this dumb. I, I, yeah, it is it's, dumb because you can't find the perfect fitting. You know, what yeah, I mean? like it's, it's
2: incomplete. Yeah. I would say dumb is a too much. Yeah, yeah. It's it incomplete. Like yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, that's that's a normal evolution. Eventually, there will be guys that it's like you're saying. It will be essential that the person has a deep understanding of mm-hmm. rugby that played it before, understands what's going on, and they also have a deep understanding of whatever grappling martial art, whether it be an Olympic level wrestling. Standard or a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt or a black belt in judo, whatever. That's going to become necessary at some point. It's just a matter of time. Like, like you're saying, everybody is implementing some type of grappling now. Eventually, they're also going to understand rugby instead of just you know applying yeah. techniques. So, yeah, yeah.
1: And I mean, with not that it's applied for a bumper FL, no. but he's just my experience. Yeah. He started out as an NRL player. Yeah, um, and then. When started to learn up, the opposite yeah, yeah when he when he finished playing that's mm. when he went into jiu jitsu and then combined them both together yeah. to now make a business and I think he's worked with like Australian rugby union yeah, yeah. he's worked with like a bunch of NRL yeah. teams yeah. and a lot of local teams as well so yeah I think I learned like a really good way there because he'd come from both ways and
2: yeah 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 you yeah, can you improve yourself future, you can always yeah. try to improve yourself yeah. that, that's what I was trying for They before they they, they came here and then I said look I need to understand the rules. They took me to the club. They showed me the rules. I start to understand the rules. You yeah. can improve, obviously, but yeah. if, you know the more knowledge you get of both areas, and put it together. You know, the best will be. I yeah, guess. I,
0: I don't know what, where that comes from because I I did like a workshop with Toowoomba Grandma Like I went back there and did a whole yeah. workshop with them, and they filmed everything and all that type of thing, and, and they all enjoyed it and everything. But I, I don't know. I don't know what the reason is. I think it's just like this um, evolution time. Like it's like it, it, it hasn't. People haven't all committed and dived head in yet, but like they're like, oh yeah, it's necessary. But uh. I think eventually, like it's just a matter of time. Eventually, it's going to become a necessary portion of this because, like you're saying, sometimes you're gonna, and that's what they talked about when they're there. Sometimes they didn't have the same big bodies that they can just be yeah. overly aggressive with. So you got to you got to adjust. And like, all right, these are the athletes you have, and the athletes that you have, you got to work, learn how to be effective with. And if they learn different skills that are going to help with, you know, the success in the game and and they're still, you know, they're not competitive on an athletic level or whatever, well, it's important that you have this area of, you know, um, rugby covered. And look, my opinion is, again, it's just like a matter of time. Until yeah. it becomes a necessity, a, necessity, a necessity, sorry, necessary thing, a necessary thing. <laughs> anyway, um, when when yeah. I think with like the, the thing that I observed as well,
2: there's a there's an ego thing part of that, because yeah. they sometimes, for example, what happened to me, they they wanted to they organize classes so that the technical um, the people in the technical. Um, commission i guess you know the yeah, yeah. coaches yeah they would come the here to do a they would do a class and then they try to remember things and go to the <laughs> club because they want to be the guys man yeah. pathetic right <laughs> that happens in many situations yeah and i found this um man this is almost like it's so dumb you know what i mean but it's all about how you want to be perceived and la la but that's that takes away the opportunity to get a specialist you know what i mean and put him in contact you know yeah. And I think that people have this problem, man, like, man, if the guy is a specialist, man, and you trust the guy, build a rapport with the guy, man, once you trust the guy, let the guy work, and then give feedback, obviously, the guy has to know what to do, but don't try to take the... the, the, the this doesn't work. You
0: know? Yeah, the, I think yeah. they just want to do like a shortcut thing like you're saying and they also just want to like be... They're the, they're the one that's doing the coaching. It's their position. But so they, they also
2: pretending they're teaching. You're not doing the right job, you know. just yeah. pretension it's, it's, to look, make your ego like, you know, inflated, man. Half an idea is never Yeah, a, yeah. A good But I actually have a question. Sorry, I have no, a really yeah. good question that I thought about it. I hope it's a good question. I'm <laughs> well, no pressure here. But I thought about you two guys. Like, and, and look, I... When I was in the jiu-jitsu, due the first jiu-jitsu, there was a time I was in a competition war and I train a lot with athletes. But like guys that are competing constantly. Yeah. Um, and so the the it's a very uh, different regiment than training uh, general public. I have this awesome. conversation with Anton a lot. Um, I would like to know your view, Sam. Like you came from like early sports, like competitive, like a, a little bit more serious. Yeah,
0: high-level. High-level, yeah,
2: oh, yeah like high-level athletes. And uh, I was just wondering, how you feel, how, seeing, do you just see a difference? Like, for example, I, what I found is that we are push pushed harder, we, we are more accountable we can listen criticism, you know, in a yeah, different yeah.
0: manner. We take Not be it, offended. We take yeah,
2: it as a yeah. constructive all the time. We want to improve because so anyone, anything that can, someone can give any advice, we take it. Yep. You know what I mean? We put it. And the general public is a little bit different. You say them something instead of they, they will think, oh, why is saying that? Oh, he thinks I'm, sh-, they already put it in like, no, no, I'm saying because I want you to improve. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I think it comes back to competition, like, for me, it's not that I was ever in competition with, you know, my brothers or everyone else yeah. around me. It's more you in competition with yourself. I yeah. just always wanted to be, you know, the best. version to you know, be. Yeah. be, yeah. Like whether it was soccer, football, you know, we rode horses and everything. You yeah. just wanted to be the best at like you could possibly be. So when I came into jiu-jitsu, obviously I'd come from like a quite a competitive competitive background where you are going up against someone all the time and. I never loved that. Yeah. Like, that's what I don't like about rugby league and stuff. Like, I'm out there just trying to be the best I can be. Yeah. But, you know, you've got 13 other players yeah. that you're up against. So it is a competition. When I came into jiu-jitsu, I, w- I was just competing with myself. So there's no point me taking a backward step if someone, you know, says, you know, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, you're too spaz, you need to calm down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so coming from a development like I had in competition. It's always just been a competition with myself in the end. Um, So, I mean, that's how I approach jiu-jitsu now. Yeah,
0: I think that's a, like, look, everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to do well in whatever they're doing. And I think the mental, like, side of things is always something that's kind of overlooked. I I try to talk about a lot to do with concepts and the the techniques and, and also just the mental kind of approach to, like, like you're saying uh, about focusing on yourself rather than external things, like when you focus on external things, it always leads you in a way that it's very chaotic because you're you're not focusing on your own improvement. You're actually placing your fulfillment of improvement or whatever in something external that you have no control over. And when you do that, things go great, like things happen. Sometimes you're going to be super happy because you beat that person or you did whatever you had set out to go do. And sometimes you're going to be super upset because the goal that you set wasn't achievable or the person that you thought you were going to beat you didn't beat or whatever, right? And I've also believed in what you're saying. Like if you can set internal goals or internal um, challenges, that's always going to be a much... Better way to approach whatever you're doing, right? And normally, the type of goal people set is an external one. It's always like, I want to beat the instructor. I don't. I want to beat everybody in the class. I don't want to tap to all these people. Blah 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 yeah. blah blah. But if you set like an internal goal, like, all right, I want to try one sweep. Yeah. I want to try one submission. I want to blah 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 blah, which doesn't involve the other person at all. You, you just feel better about everything and, and better about training because you're actually improving. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing. Like it's a, the, the mental component of being an athlete or the mental component of being a competitor or whatever, or even just a human being is something that most people don't ever like dive into. Everyone always looks externally for whatever's going to make them better, whatever's going to fix their problem, whatever, like, oh, where is it? I'm looking for this thing. The problem is it doesn't exist out there. It only exists here. So, you have to actually be introspective most of the time to have any type of improvement. To have any goal setting and achieving, you need to look inward and go like, all right, what can I do, what do I need to do to focus on myself and improve myself rather than looking for it somewhere else? I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And I think that this is the biggest
2: account accountability. Mm. Mm. Uh, that people don't understand what accountability is like. But for you to improve anything in life, if you like thinking about your own progression, how you can do it to get better, that's being accountable. People f- think about accountability, just think like, oh, it was my fault. Sorry. That's just one part of accountability. But like, as soon as you go indoors and, and you think about what, well, well, I'm trying to achieve this or why, then you're gonna have a report
1: on why it didn't happen. Then you can yeah. try next time that's and you can improve. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, and that's the thing with ex- uh, external goals. And, yeah. And- there's always an external excuse they were yeah. better than me that yeah, day they did I didn't train and, well yeah yeah, yeah yeah. whereas if it's internal and you're like you, know, yeah. you might have a marker of like oh that was a really good role against a really good yeah. person but at the same time it's like well what did I do right Yeah, you know in my goals and in my role yeah. rather than you know what did they do wrong yeah. because you know the wins are yours and also no, the, the losses, the losses are yours too you have to own up to both
0: and I think this is the, the difference in the perspective is like true accountability is understanding that you're responsible for everything that happens in your life no matter how horrible no matter how, how catastrophic no matter how disastrous no matter how amazing and, and uh, victorious you're the one responsible to you know what I mean like alright maybe there's 5% outcome that you can't control but yeah. the other 95% that's all you man Yeah, that's all you as an individual and I think people don't give themselves that power what they choose to do instead instead is to relinquish all of that control and power and say, oh, it's something else. Mm-hmm. I put my, and it can be whatever, it could be, I put my power in God, I put my power in blah, 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 I put my power in being this and this and this, whatever. Mm-hmm. Most people pick certain like ideologies, whatever. This is what I believe. I put all my responsibility on that belief and mm-hmm. this thing or whatever. And the problem with doing that is you remove all responsibility. But you also remove all responsibility of the good things, yeah exactly, and the bad things. The problem is is like you don't enjoy the good things as much anymore, and you don't learn from the bad things and and this is the problem with people's uh, like approach to most things I believe i I might be wrong, but in my opinion, I think most people relinquish all their own responsibility and accountability to something external like you're talking about, and now they have no control over the outcome of their life, and then they sit there and complain and go. Oh, you know why I'm not improving? Well, who's mm. the one in control of it? Yeah, exactly.
1: And I mean, when you do take ownership of everything, that mm. 5% that you can't control, you still control how you react
0: to yeah. that 5%. How you 100%. It's very
1: minimal of, of things that are external causes of stuff. So, mm. you know, you, you've got to learn to adapt and sort of yeah. it as well.
0: Absolutely. It's, I think that's a really important point to kind of highlight because it's so common. And then even me to complain about certain things and be unhappy with things. But wait a second, who's the one that's in control of the yeah. things you're not happy with? Yeah. Sam, yeah. um,
2: you have like fairly, uh, strong person. Like you, <laughs> you, uh, very, very strong. Right. Um, and what challenges, um, by being strong and, and, and rugby, um, there is that power element that's very important. Um, and when you started jiu jitsu, you didn't have much like technical skills, you know. And how, what kind of challenge being strong in the initiation phase of your technical, uh, uh, you know, technical acquisitions of mm-hmm. positions in jiu jitsu? What, what,
1: what did you face it that I really had to learn how to step back and take the like take the little losses and, and not just use strength the whole time because I was it was, you know, stopping me from learning the technical aspects mm. um, so when when you use strength especially coming in introduction as a white belt and that sort of stuff mm. you're sort of not learning the little sneaky ways and you know proper technique because yeah. you can, can just power. power out of yeah. it you know? yeah. um, so you're not learning one how to defend two how they attacked you you know that sort of thing and then you go up against a high belt that your strength's not going to fix and then, then you get rolled up and you're like well this isn't how. Routine. Yeah, What's how, happened how did that yeah. happened. Like, yeah. I have no idea what had happened. I was too busy trying to use my strength to get out of it. And because you didn't learn those beginning phases, you can't see how they got to that phase where your strength doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. So you know, it's like step one, step two, three. Um, you skipped all those and gone mm-hmm. to step three without knowing the basics coming up. Um, and then, of course, you you know you only me I, I'm sure I annoyed the hell out of some people when I first started before I realized that strength isn't your best friend yeah, um, so yeah there was a few guys that actually cancelled that <laughs> <laughs> But like I'm yeah. like, Five like being, here, being here you know two, two and a half years now I've experienced the same thing and I'm like that's exactly why I, I'm you know need to you know but use less strength
0: that's a normal kind of like learning avenue like it's 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 normal to go to things because, man, that's your, that's your best attribute. Some people are super flexible and rely on that. Some people are very quick, and that's what they rely on. Like if you have a look at most people that are at the gym, whether they're of a high level or a low level, most people gravitate towards their strongest attribute, and that's only natural, but the problem is, is you can't rely on that forever, and the thing that conquers all of the physical attributes is the knowledge and the understanding and application of the movements and the techniques and the postures.
2: But like this thing he said about stepping back, I think it's very interesting because I remember trying to, when I first had to paint something, like we're using a roller, like you think that Man, if I put pressure on the roller, <laughs> that thing's gonna stay, and then I'm gonna smothering up, smothering <laughs> down,
0: right? right? And that's
2: the opposite. Yeah, you have yeah. to go light, man. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Start from the middle, so you're gonna cover as you go up and down. Yeah. So if you don't step back and you keep trying to smothering, then you're not gonna get
1: the best no, out of result, it at all. Yeah, yeah. No, and and one thing for me is like I like to be nice and tight yeah. and, and really contract because I feel safe. Mm. You know, instead of leaving that little bit of space where someone with more flexibility or with speed might get me in a bad position, so I was really into, you know, maintaining a dominant position and working on their grinding and out being from on there. the top and stuff like yeah, that. yeah yeah. So do you, now, think, do
0: you think that comes from like the the rugby aspect though, like the power idea? I think I, it does because I I, so. I, even yeah. with me, I believe that's the the way it was. Yeah,
1: yeah, and like you know, you want to be in that dominant position or at least know that you're safe you know so so you know you want to have them close to you where you know you can't have an arm hang out or anything like that they can't move quickly or or or... or yeah exactly yeah Yeah, so um i found i'd I'd sit in a lot of positions where i was just dominant and really tight stuck Mm. to them like glue Mm. Uh, and i think once i sort of started taking a backward step now i'm a bit more Game to sort of you know disengage a bit, maybe try something where I'm going to end up in a bad position, but know that I'm safe enough and, and have the technicality to get back into a safe to. position. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. But I didn't learn that until I started taking a step back.
0: Do you think sure. do you do you, did you enjoy the judo stuff when you f- first were introduced to it? Like did yeah. it did it like hit in your mind different? Like for you to like. Decide that you want to do grappling later on,
1: yeah. Know? Yeah, so the, the first introduction with judo was you know, we just did a couple of throws and stuff like that. Um, but it was super interesting. Was there. this the same gentleman that did the tackle
0: tech stuff for the judo? No, somebody
1: no, else? no. So this guy was he was an Olympian, uh, in judo, he's yep. a cop out of Ipswich, okay. Uh, I can't remember his name, but yeah. um, yeah, he came in. And we just did, I think it was three sessions over a week or whatever, and um, it just interested me, it just piqued my interest. It was like that's really cool that yeah. me as a smaller person because you know I was in you, school yeah. with some, some giants
0: massive dudes even at you know 16 oh I mean 30, you know, well kilos, and truly yeah.
1: over, over like yeah 100 kilo. so it was cool to see a smaller guy be able to do that to a bigger person and coming into rugby I was like I need that
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and then when I got to do the tackle tech stuff with um, tackle tech yeah that was really interesting to me because it, it was even more technical.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, it was all about feet positioning, you know,
0: lowering your hips first. Um, a, lot of, a lot of, like, wrestling-based ideas for taking. hundred percent, yeah. Yeah,
1: and I think just because he came from the, the jiu-jitsu background and the rugby background yeah. where he could combine them together, it was just a little bit more technical mm. and a little bit more specific to foot footy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that... That really piqued my interest. I really enjoyed the, the tackle tech yeah. stuff, um, and then obviously that was my strong point yeah. in, in playing as after, well. So after that stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. coming coming after I retired was sort of a natural progression, I think.
0: I think that's something that gets most people interested in any type of martial arts is like seeing the smaller, weaker do be able to handle, manipulate, control someone way bigger and way more powerful through skill. What through skill. Not through strength, not through power. The guy that's smaller can, what? He can do that? I think that's that hits in people's brain, man. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Because, like, whether it was watching the UFC with um, uh, Hoist Gracie or whether it was, you know, watching this guy do judo. And the
2: more that little guy looks yeah, like yeah. a nerd, the better <laughs> you Yeah,
0: yeah, if he looks less physically imposing, it, it, the more. better it is. Or, or the bigger fellas or the bigger guys that come into a gym and they train with a decent, skilled, purple belt female and they go, what? yeah. Mm. Oh. She choked me with her legs. What? <laughs> What's going on? Like, it's just a, I believe that this is like a primal thing. And you recognize that, wait a second, I cannot physically defend myself yeah. in, a, in a fight to the death situation. And I've got no idea. And even this guy who I should be able to beat because I'm bigger than, he probably would be able to take my life, whatever. Mm. Like, it's like a primal thing that it clicks in your brain. And you Go, what the hell? How is this possible? This goes against everything that I believe and understand. <laughs> what and then you just 100%. become addicted to this, like you become addicted to this, but later on, there's a
2: spark on it like this chain of techniques, this beautiful game, you know what I mean? Yeah. That
1: is
0: so yeah, it becomes a, so much of brain, yeah. it's so Personal amazing. Expression of, of movement, yeah, 100%. And, and, and then, like,
1: like as you get in, you can just see it, like, the, the world just keeps opening yeah, okay. up, yeah. it's
2: unbelievable, it never and ends. It, yeah. If you
1: know, if if. I'm someone that enjoys a puzzle and that sort yeah. of thing, you know, the, the technical side of it. So um, when I sort of got in and here's a couple of basic moves, and then oh, that another couple of basic moves that go off those basic yeah. moves and all, all of a sudden you're looking branches at this, off great, yeah, this yeah. massive tree of... of I think I know, one
2: of the best feelings you have in jiu-jitsu is when you, you get a guy or the guy gets you, submits you, and there is the guy that gets submitted opens a big smile like you know what I mean like he just got yeah. caught he got, didn't know what yeah, happened yeah. or he just level. perfect timing yeah. that I think is the the highlight of jiu-jitsu you know
1: yeah 100%. it's amazing
2: yeah. or just do, doing something that you want to you trying to do you pursuing maybe like 10 times you already trying 10 different classes and then you stick to it and then suddenly it works and then you start lap dating and then mm. it's also an amazing feeling could yeah. be a sweep could be a back take yeah but it's uh yeah. yeah
1: it's uh yeah. yeah I, I think that one of the Best moments I've had is like... don't talk about your first kiss, mate. No,
0: it
1: was uh, I, I you know, I, I was going for something and then they blocked it and I, I transferred to another one and then they blocked that and then I connected the third one and it was just like a little
0: light bulb moment, yeah, yeah.
1: light bulb in my brain. I was like, well, that you know, I've, I've actually developed, yeah, yeah, so and you, connecting
0: and, things, yeah, yeah,
1: when or, you connect, like the, you know, that three things I mean yeah. you can always go one no that didn't work two yeah. the third one for me was a real light bulb moment it was like well, well I'm
0: actually you know developing here yeah. as a, as a I think sport. I think that's the hard it's thing for a lot ball. of people initially too is like everybody thinks their first attempt's going to work yeah You know what yeah. I mean? it's that's like funny. in boxing you, you, the first punch you throw is going to knock <laughs> the guy out. I mean, it's not realistic but <laughs> the way we explain it in the classes and the way we teach is all right you just do this this and this oh, and yeah. i like, oh easy great I'm yeah. going there man it's not that easy no like it's like you said on another podcast, you said that Dean Lister, you know, has this in a quote in a book Jiu Jitsu is simple but not easy. You know what I mean? The idea is fairly simple, you know what I mean? Like, oh, put your legs here, squeeze the guys arm, and do this. But now that he's resisting, now that you're resisting him, it's not so easy. No, it's not so simple to actually achieve life. It's hard. So it becomes this, you know, game, you know, this struggle, this battle, right? And, and like, The decision-making process, in my opinion, is always the most difficult because it requires so much more um, in-the-moment reaction. You have to be aware of the thing happening right now and like we talked about with Jim, is you can't force things to occur. The only thing you can do is do the maneuvers, create and facilitate reactions and then capitalize on them as they present themselves. If you try too hard you missed the position. You don't try hard enough, nothing happens. So you have to be putting enough pressure on somebody else with movement to force them to move. And then through their reaction of movement, you have to notice in time when you should strike on the thing that's there. And that's a very difficult thing to do because you have to be so present and so composed that you're not too aggressive and that you're not too passive. Mm -hmm. And that's a very hard balance t- to make, you know what I mean? I
2: think that about a crocodile watching a bird and the time he strikes and get the bird is that's what sort I of think about it, like yeah. when I compare these moments there. Absolutely. Liberation.
0: And and what you did, you know what I mean? It's that's exactly knowledge. what you did when you connected. Yeah. You, you you attempted the thing, the guy reacted. He reacted and blocked and defended the thing and then you reacted again. And you reacted again to some other attack. And then he defended and reacted in a way to block the attack again. And then you were able to transition again. But if you committed too much to the second attack, you wouldn't yeah, have got to the no. third one. And if you didn't put enough pressure to force the guy to defend, you would never have got to the third it. one. It's yeah. just such a it's such a complex and interesting thing. You know what I mean? It's so vast and so yeah. big. Like it and just, the whole
1: keep it simple or, or jiu-jitsu is simple <clears> but not easy. The keep it simple part is is so true because as you come you know yeah. doing it longer and you know more moves it's knowing you know it's harder to know which move to do in which situation yeah. so, so keeping it simple part yeah. to me is, is you know you start with the thing and then you just move on to the next absolutely. one absolutely.
2: and also in order to don't stop your your train of thoughts so if you have an attempt like you, you put a trap and you had an attempt and that attempt you have to leave and absolutely the moment feel feel fine with that didn't work yeah. otherwise
1: you yeah. struggle 100%. to think about the next, the next chain one. Exactly. yeah yeah It's like you, if you
0: it just go, go. You stay, take a step back like you are saying before yeah, take a step yeah. back yeah perfect
1: yeah yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. and uh, like you come from one you gotta just own that you miss it like yeah. you know it comes yeah. back to that inner ownership, ownership. Yeah. you know it's not what they did it's what you missed and then so move on go to the next one otherwise you're gonna get your ass you know rolled or rolled whatever, or whatever <laughs> they're
0: gonna pass or whatever absolutely yeah. like just changing the subject a little bit as well like we, um, we always talk about, like, some funny stories and things like that as well. And, like, I don't know if you mentioned, but you do, you, like, marriage, yeah a yeah. marriage yeah Yeah, marriage hey?
1: to it
0: So, yeah. um, we, you know, we've had, we talked to Tony about going to Brazil and stuff. And, you know, he's an Italian guy only wants to eat pasta and stuff like that. He's one of the black belts here, if, if people listening not sure. Um, and, you know, they always had, like, a bit of a battle with food. He wanted pasta. Eduardo wanted barbecue. There was always this problem. <laughs> do you have any, like, experiences or, or any, like you know, just funny stories or anything like that from the work that you've done before or? Yeah, I mean, as a, because it's such an interesting job, you know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, and who expects like a young sort of tattered guy that, you know to be a marriage seller it's pretty pretty strange yeah uh, i started out as a chippy
2: yeah
1: uh, and then just got this on the side to do families and friends yeah. i just hated going to weddings basically is chippy some uh is australian slang or is
2: english slang a chippy is i know it's African. a carpenter yeah, yeah. But, but i, it's, I, it's, believe,
0: I, I believe i believe it's an aussie slang term. okay guys
2: so chippy is a carpenter
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> um
2: Yes. Yeah, so, by the way, we're getting all over the world. I was looking <laughs> at our audience today. We're about two or three people uh, behind, just behind your roller' So oh, yeah, okay, if you just, feel just, like three, subscribing, three, guys, <laughs> we're we'll,
1: we'll next level. <laughs> all right. so, um, well, we will know. Yeah, yeah. Started out as a, as a chippy and, and got this as a bit of a laugh, basically. Yeah, yeah. Hated going to weddings. I whinged so much. My wife was basically like, shut up and do something about it. Yeah. Offer something different. Um, so I did it. Got... Qualified started doing just family and friends, snowballed into, like, friends of friends, you yeah. know, Facebook and that just sort of thing. That, yeah, and then um, a year and a half after I started, I went full-time with it, which was just blew my mind. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've done a lot of different things. You know, I've, I've had, obviously, I'm a little bit different to a lot of other people, yeah. so I think people feel a lot more comfortable to add in their own personal Aspects into yeah, their yeah. weddings and that sort more of thing more
0: customised because it's not as straightforward
1: as yeah it. so I've yeah. seen things like you know <clears throat> the groom will get up and read um, Metallica song lyrics uh, as, <laughs> his, as his vows yeah. and, and things like that um, and then you know people that walk out to all random songs like Blink on Ape 2 we've yeah. seen like all different sort of things so I, I feel like they're just a lot more comfortable around me um, because I'm, yeah yeah it's a, it's a weird sort of Dynamic, mm-hmm. um, but I, I'm I'm glad that I can offer something and and that, that it's you know quite popular. So, so if anyone
0: needs to get married at the gym, we know. Where to yeah, speak. exactly.
1: Yeah. I'll wear the gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll toss you both. So did
2: you um, did you in in part of these this, this uh, the, the the work of a uh celebrant? Do you do you do this the the speeches like you about the. Yeah. Are yeah. you
1: able to? Yeah, and he needs a justice of peace, or? No. You can no. do that so, part yeah, as well? I'm, I do all the qualif- uh, qualified stuff. So I do all the official marriage certificate and um, registration with the birth, deaths, and marriages and everything. Wow. Like that. Yeah. So you and, and
2: also, you can also, for example, if I. Um, if someone's going to get uh, married and then they go, oh, look, I already have uh, this girl that's going to come dressed in a Cinderella doing the vows, like, do you, I want you to look after these other things, you know what I mean, all the logistics? Yeah, all so the- there's
1: certain aspects of the ceremony that we have to, like, I have to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, there's one little legal monoton at the start just about what marriage is in Australia and how I am a marriage celebrant, yeah. uh, making sure the couple understand what they're getting into, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for the vows, there's like certain words I have to say to make them legally binding, yeah. and then the paperwork I'll have to witness and sign
0: so as yeah. well. I don't but think anybody that, understands what they're getting into. <laughs> <laughs> they should. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, no,
2: like, I think a lot of people all. do know what they're getting into. Like I remember like friends, they go, they go back to Brazil, and they go, are you married? Oh, no, only in Australia.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, mine's in America, so. Yeah, recognized here, though.
2: That's the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, I mean, look, this uh, uh, wedding is always, always like 98% of the times involves alcohol. <laughs> yeah. And um, that is already a, a, a predicament in, in really large quantities. Like, that's a predicament to have like, a fair few, a number of stories, you know, funny stories. Like, yeah, can I'm, you usually one
1: the I'm usually out of there by that stage. Oh yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> yeah, smart. I'm usually, yeah, I'm yeah, do yeah. some... business
0: with pleasure. Huh? No, that's no, very no. smart.
1: Yeah, I'm usually, you know, like I'll I'll do the ceremony and and hang around and help out with photos and grab my beers. Mm-hmm. How about these guys? Like maybe the the best
2: man that they start drinking at eight am. They already, you probably I, got to a couple of them. They're like, I'm why weddings
1: happening? They're already gonna be like tipsy, gonna like bouncing to one. Side. To the other. I've certainly walked into a couple of uh, groomsmen's parties and they've got the hip flask in their pocket and mm. they think they're getting being sneaky yeah. and all you can smell is whiskey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. As long but, as they didn't throw up during the vows or something. Yeah,
1: I've never had anything crazy <laughs> to, like that. Yeah. Um,
0: uh-huh. I'm, I mean, I'm sure... It's a matter the, of time. It's a matter oh, of
1: time. Oh, <laughs> 100%. 100%. <yeah>. <laughs> i am sure the MC after that wedding would have had their yeah. hands full.
2: Yeah. And here in Australia, is that a custom to, for the lady to throw the bouquet like yeah. in the United and there's a big brawl, like a yeah, like a, the, a gang, the, gang the, fight to see who gets <laughs> the, the bouquet? All the single ladies yeah, trying yeah. to get yeah, yeah, yeah. the bouquet. Might, sometimes old ladies want to get, you know, <laughs> it's just out of the blue and one breaks the heel and <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. you see
2: that happen?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen huh? it a few times, yeah. Yeah, but once again, I'm usually out of there when it comes to work, I'm, mm. I'm out of there before that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't hang around for the party too much.
0: Do you, do you know where that custom comes from? Like the. the I have no okay. idea. Yeah.
1: No. I no, Could be from, yeah. I've only seen it a few times just at weddings that I've been
0: to as yeah. a guest or whatever. Because, like, do you do, you do like a range of weddings, like in terms of culture as well? Have you been a part of any other cultured weddings? Yeah, I've got... yeah.
1: I've got a friend that um, she married an Iranian guy. Okay. And so we, you know, mixed in bits and pieces of their culture. We had the Sofra table, so we had. Yeah, that's, that's the table with like different fruits yeah. to represent certain things you know a few coins and then like different yeah.
0: things because that would be the, super interesting experience of culture because lot, lots of different cultures have such different like you know marriage customs. And beliefs yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. No, but just the customs of what they rituals do and stuff. Yeah, rituals yeah rituals exactly yeah. like oh these people you know carry the women in like this these yeah, people yeah. do this these people do that so interesting man. Yeah, yeah
1: yeah yeah well the whole like tying the knot thing comes yeah. from you know like have you ever done any Fijian who, who,
0: no. who used to wrap the wrist
1: uh, I'm pretty sure it was like an English thing okay. they used to like tie you know and that would be then like your wedding cloth that you'd take home and okay. it's a sentimental yeah. thing yeah
0: yeah, there's a lot of but terms it's, and sayings, yeah. yeah. Tied, you yeah. yeah, sounds more traditional. Together, basically, <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, sounds more traditional than seafood chowder, but
0: yeah, for yeah, exactly. For the British, if you I, I, right,
2: yeah. I heard the Fijians they have like uh, pork on a on a spit, like,
0: and the, the, the more wealthy, <laughs> I, think, I, 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 a, I don't know if that's like a ritual, I think that's just something they like to eat. <laughs>
2: no, no, but for the wedding, the more the more prestigious the family are, the more pork on spit,
0: oh, they're the cook, more the like, more like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, but that's something that's probably true in history as well the more the more food you had that you know the more wealthy and the more prestigious your family was and yeah. stuff like that mm-hmm. the more sheep, the more cows the more and people used to get married for this type of stuff you know? yeah yeah, you all can. right you if you marry me we'll give you 10 chickens if, if you do this all right you give me four cows that's what they used to do Man, you know like this is true story when we used to, land we used to go
2: to weddings or or in brazil uh 15 years uh 15 years old for a girl is a big thing. So they rent this massive venue. They put like scotch. They put everything. right? like all the and they have like meals, like you know proper meals, like sit down meals, sit down yeah. meals. Yeah, you know yeah. you choose. I feel it or so blah blah blah. Super. They spend Simon, a lot bro, bro, of money. You pick the Man, no no. What I, what we used to do. What we used to do <laughs> and weddings. Like this yeah. is a very common thing Brazil. You have waitress for each section and you have the tables. We you know what you, you the guests stay in this table. You know yes. which table is staying. Blah blah. blah. I've done this many times. Sometimes it's just like you and your friends in the table. Sometimes a bit be more family. But someone from the table will go up to the waitress. Hi, how are you? What's your name? No, no, no. And just shake a hand with a 50 bucks note. And I'll keep our cups all with food please you know what I mean like mm-hmm. man and then he just always scotch, and these guys go serve up to the top you know what I mean
1: like he, you leave the thing going oh you know like it's just insane man yeah, yeah yeah weddings always seem to end up that sort of way like, mm. especially in Australia yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. man. yeah
0: everyone yeah. turns into a bit of a glutton yeah, absolutely yeah. as long as you haven't had, haven't had to choke anybody or hip throw them at the wedding no you know, no everybody. not
1: yet not yeah, yet no, <laughs> it can happen
0: maybe, maybe even by request like you were saying yeah yeah Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh happy to do it wherever.
2: <laughs> but I found that very interesting. Uh, like you brought a very different perspective in my head. The fact that you are not like a, what a person would think about a marriage very celebrant like oh yeah. yeah. like that that will kinda uh, will kinda cut their the way of like the freedom to to kind of like you know because uh, it's that moment like to see what they actually want really wanted yeah you know what i mean yeah i and think this is
1: very interesting yeah I'm, I'm all for like them personalizing the ceremony as much as possible mm. um so i send through like a six-page questionnaire and it gets to know like how they met first date you know what yeah. they did while getting to know each other highlights and lowlights of their time together so far so my ceremony that i end up saying on the day is, is basically their story. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like to keep it really lighthearted. So, you know, I'm, p- I'm pulling the piss out of them yeah. on, as they are telling their story and yeah. that, but it's not me standing up there saying what love is and what marriage is and blah, blah, blah. I mean, everyone has different views. It's and not a it's rehearsed
0: kind of speech, No, so but... it's just
1: more of a storytelling thing from, you know, their side of things and yeah. they can add as much personality and stuff that they want into it. Yeah.
0: So yeah, i find it. Yeah. I've seen some crazy stuff, though, man. I remember there was there was a TV show about like these weddings and stuff, and I remember like an ad for him when the guy like dressed up as Gollum. He's like, "I'm bringing the rings." <laughs> like some people go absolutely insane with the type of yeah. stuff they do for their. I've had
1: that. I've had I've had a couple of uh, flower flower guys oh, instead okay. of flower girls. Okay. You yeah. know, you get the guys that come down. They got their bum bags and they're throwing yeah, flower, flower petals yeah, out, yeah. And yeah. wearing a nice, pretty flower crown, but. Mm. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing too heavy. Yeah, it, not is crazy. the food
2: in a wedding like a very, um, do people also have the, the demands or is something very uh, like a pub, like shit, not, not a pub food in a wedding, not not
1: that, but like yeah, yeah. it's very uh, the same routine, that's what I mean. A lot of the times it'll be like an alternate drop. So so your couple will have an option of getting the, a fish and a steak or a chicken and a steak and that sort of thing and now just every second person will get the chicken and every other person get yeah. the steak yeah um but <coughs> some some go right over the top and they might do like a you know a platter of roasts in the middle and you can sort of help yourself and yeah. then you get your like side salads and that as well um some people do just a cocktail style wedding where they just like finger food. And,
2: yeah, I've been to this yeah. one, I was so disappointed, man, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like expecting these, you know, like fish or I fit it and got like a, a that putty pie, man. And I was like, oh man, that's <laughs> a bit wrong.
0: Some, some people do <laughs> so their sure. marriages like you're saying, they like they'll, they'll get married at the venue and do the what do you call the thing? The, reception. The reception yeah. after at the same place. But some people get married in like a, a church or whatever and yeah. then go to. Another location.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like yeah, a lot of the weddings reception. I do are, are like off off site. Yeah, you know, whatever you say. You know, not at the reception venue. Yeah. Um, you know, do a lot down like at Kangaroo Point there on the yeah. river. Yeah. Um, it's called River Life. You go down there, you just do the ceremony there, and then they can either do drinks and and cocktail sort of nibbles there, or they might take off to another venue and have a big dinner set up yeah, and yeah. sort of things. So. Yeah, you see, sort of like all different mixes, and and that's like I'm all for it. Like like I said, like a, it's I love to find out new experiences, new new ways to do things. So um, seeing thousands of different ways that people do their wedding is is a great part
0: of the job. Yeah, man, super interesting. Awesome, brother. Awesome. Yeah, man. And hopefully, yeah, when your brother comes back here from, you know, Sydney yeah, or whatever, he, we can he, we can get him down and. You know, hopefully, like like I always try. Like I offered to do a heap of that rugby coaching and wrestling and stuff like that with some schools and stuff. To never hit me back yeah. or anything, but like I think I think it's a it's a great avenue for you know guys. Like you're saying that even if they're a smaller dude or a smaller athlete, you, you're going to add like another level to your game and stuff yeah. like that. Whether you're playing rugby, whether you're just like learning how to protect yourself, whatever. I, I think like the benefits of jiu-jitsu, grappling, martial arts in general are just like sky's the limit man and mm, as long as you true. train like fairly safely you're not going to get too injured you're going to be pretty good and it's a benefit in your life man so
1: yeah
0: anybody that you know wants to do it come down here or let me know hit us up whatever Absolutely. we can do whatever. Yeah.
1: a four-year-old daughter that's about to turn five yeah awesome like to get to the Kids cross class. Yeah,
0: that's <laughs> it. right. good yeah it's good for anybody yeah
1: uh
2: guys just uh, giving a heads up to everyone bjj 101 now is uh gonna start giving got like 100 t-shirts like that one that anthony is wearing um and we're gonna gonna give away so bjj 101 is giving away whoever sign up for a year we'll get a free t-shirt it looks really nice the back is also really cool yeah um there's gray and there's black and uh yeah once it finishes finished all <laughs> right.
0: Um Yeah, that's pretty much it. But Sam, thanks so much for coming along and just sharing your story and sharing about, you know, like, man, we had a very, very similar kind of um, yeah. athletic kind of uh, process. Yeah, I mean, it's super interesting. Like, the more people we talk to, it seems to be a very, very similar pattern, pattern of, of stuff. Like, you know, did athletics early, you know, had exposure to accountability, independence early on in life and... Man, I, I don't know what it is, but that formula generally leads people to jujitsu for some reason, I don't know why, <laughs> and also generally leads people to just being more successful in whatever they're doing in life, and it's, mm-hmm. I think it's 100%. just being exposed in to, like you're saying, like that independence and the internal accountability and understanding that you're in control of the, yes. the outcomes, and if you want what you want, you've got to work for it, you've got to work hard, you've got to do the things that you need to do to get that. And, it's I think
2: it's because jiu keeps it real, man. It does. Yeah, it is. No, that absolutely it keeps, keeps it real. real. Everyone's yeah, like
0: There's real. no ego. There's no
1: lies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah, you can tell yourself what you want, but on the mat every day, yeah, it's, you, you, it's thrown in your face, yeah. so you can say whatever you want in the mirror, but yeah. But yeah, thanks so much for coming along thanks. and Thank uh, you, sharing Thank you. everything talk Hi. Taper, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 him, and sharing everything about you know the marriage stuff and and, and rugby and, and jiu-jitsu and everything so thanks so much thank, awesome you, awesome guys. thank you so yes. much Man. sam i really
2: appreciate it. thank you it was great
1: chat